This show is a rebroadcast of our 2017 Summer Food Finds episode. It was our first ever Food Squad show, and it was so good we just had to share it again. For 2018 dates of any event mentioned on the show, go to thetableunderground.com or check us on social media. You're listening to WNHH 103.5 FM in New Haven. This is The Table Underground, and I'm your host, Tegan Engel. We're talking about food, radical love, and creative social justice. Today's show is very special. It is our first ever Food Squad episode. We have some amazing New Haven foodies, Connecticut foodies in the house. And the Food Squad idea is that it is a diverse group of people that have all different orientations in terms of their identities, their cultures, and their relationships to food. So everyone from uh, someone who just loves food, someone who's a professional cook, home cook, or anything else will be coming on this show once a month to talk about food in their lives and community. So for today's show, we have some fabulous guests. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. All right. In the house, we have Babs Rawls Ivy. Hey. Babs is like the friend that you want to go out with every (laughs) night. She's out having fun, eating good food, drinking, and enjoying life, talking about real stuff. And she's also... The direct, what is your position at the uh, editor in chief, editor in chief of the Inner City News? Yes, so we love having her here. We also have Chef Especial Arturo Franco Camacho, who is an amazing Connecticut chef. He has experience cooking all around the world, and he is the uh, a culinary director at Shell and Bones and Geronimo, and formerly of Rumba, Bespoke, and a number of other, of other of the best restaurants in Connecticut. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And last but very much not least is Rachel Sayet, who is a wonderful foodie, but also a Mohegan food expert. And we're very happy to have you here. Akwai, hello. Yes, so you just greeted us. Tell us a little about that greeting. Akwai means hello in Mohegan. Thank you for having me today. To Bunny. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. And she comes from a long matrilineal lineage of women who are medicine women and historians of the Mohegan tribe. So very happy to have her here today. So we're each going to share some delicious, special food finds, summer food finds. And the idea here is like getting, you know, not just going downtown, but kind of the things we find in our adventures around the world. So it's summer. I love ice cream. You know, I love ice cream. I have a sweet tooth. If you if you know me, you know. in New England. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I have been working for like a month to put together this food trail of ice cream in New Haven, and there, I posted it up this morning. There are 27 ice cream places in the New Haven area, and there's a little bit about each place and about uh, things to do near there. So you can check it out on thetableunderground.com, but I brought some of them in to share today. So, Franco, since you're from Mexico originally, we have this very special treat here. Can you tell me what this is? Well, it's different names. Fruit salad with a little bit of... Um, Chili pepper in there or mangonada. Mangonada, yes. Which is um, um, mango different ways. Um, and you just got to uh, eat it in the morning. So it cleans your, your system is the, the, the reason you do it in Mexico with chili pepper. So it cleans your system and, uh-huh. and get you going. So ice cream for breakfast? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I got this from Cositas Deliciosas, which is a really amazing shop on Grand Avenue in New Haven. From the outside, you'd have no idea how amazing this place is. Absolutely. It just remind me um, back home when you, you used to go to school and, and see these little places set up with fresh fruits, aguas frescas. 
and and all the things that kids can just take to school. So it was no lunch school in Mexico. So you go in those little places and get ah. a little food and all that stuff. Yeah. So there's a, a bar of like the whole front of this, the whole length of the store is cases of fruit. They make fruit salads. They have ice cream. They make regular food. So the mangonada is one of many special Mexican ice creams that they have and also ices. So they have like shave ice with syrups, condensed milk. And this one is pieces of mango with mango sorbet on top. And it has chamoya sauce, which is like a plum, like a, a fermented pickled, fermented pickle, pickled know, plum yeah, sauce, yeah. which is much more delicious than it sounds. It's sort of like a sweet and sour uh, sauce. And it has a little chili pepper, lime and salt on it, too. So it's a great combination of all those flavors absolutely do you guys want to dig in and try absolutely. it tell us what you think you know i babs i'm not sure i thought this was sorbet because babs is our resident vegan i think this is sorbet but it could be sherbet in which case it would have a little i'll leave that alone so what do you think um this particle doesn't have any dairy it's okay. um they tie it up with um a whites Oh, okay. Most, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much what gives you that. I hope Bab doesn't get sick. We have to all take care of her if, we, if we're feeding her something bad. The, so it gets a little chilly, a little sour. Mm -hmm. So if you look on the tableunderground.com, the post that's up there is all these different ice cream shops. There's photos, addresses, and information. You can find Cositas Deliciosas and more information up there. So I'm going to share a couple. And you would have this for breakfast? I wouldn't eat it for breakfast, but sugar is sugar. It doesn't matter what time you have it. <laughs> it does the same thing to you. You know what? It was a way to to eat sugar without uh, our parents getting mad at us. <laughs> so that was my breakfast. Yeah, nice. I like so it. you like it? Did you get some chili, a little salt? It's a nice and something a little different, right? So we had. I got to the regular places: Ashley's, Arethusa, Bill's Carousel. All those kind of places, but I thought you also got to include these really interesting other Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I can add to this is uh, a little nostalgia for me. My mom was from a mango town in Mexico, mm. uh, Nayarit, uh, Nayarit uh, Colima. It's, you have like uh, more than 37 different types of mangoes. Wow. And she was eminent to get the right mango for us where I grew up in Baja. Wow. She would go and like to pick and fight for the right stuff. And these things right now just just bring me back to Aww. a really special place. That's so sweet. I love it. Thanks. No, this is yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. That's great. Well, it's right down the street, so we can we can go there anytime. So part of what I wanted to do with this is feature some independent stores and places that are not just the average ice cream spots that people get to. We want to get people out into different neighborhoods and support supporting local entrepreneurs. So there's a new shop in Westville called Chip in a Bottle. Yes. Which is an ice, um, a chocolate shop. They make French macaron, macaron cookies and gelato and sorbet. And so Daryl, the owner, is also um, a black man. And this happens to be the one black-owned ice cream shop that I found among the 27. So we should also support him because of that. Yesterday I went in and he served me up this plum sorbet. It is out of this world. So Babs, you can definitely eat this. Let's try it and take a taste. Mm, it's pink. It's fluffy. Oh my god! Wow. It's so creamy, isn't it amazing? Wow! Right? I so can, good. I can I see this at the restaurant. The, yeah, it's right. It's so good. Yeah, it's he's very creative and talented, and the flavors are constantly changing. So he was saying he has to pare down his flavors because he has <laughs> so many ideas. The intensity of the flavor just pops right. With, yeah, you know, it's, like it's what I like about you know if you, it's gonna be taste like mango or ginger, it is there. That's right. It's there. You know, and it's the flavors. real ingredients. You can see he just pureed Absolutely. the plum. It's not like a plum syrup that he bought somewhere. I like the creaminess of it. Mm -hmm. 
very creamy. Yeah. Delicious. The more, the more air you incorporate into the process is, is what you get. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So this is delicious and um, awesome. <laughs> so good, right? Yes. So people can find that at Chip in a Bottle. And then I got a couple other flavors from him. If you want to try these, these are his gelatos and Nutella and a coffee. One of his favorite flavors that he has there is caramel shorty. So it's a caramel ice cream with little pieces of chocolate covered uh, shortbread in it. So, and he also made a Guinness caramel ice cream. So Guinness caramel. Guinness caramel. <laughs> yeah, he's starting to make some boozy flavors. So awesome. I don't think I can I, have that. I, I no, you can't out. eat that. So, all right, I'm going to share one other delicious treat. So these, let's see if the camera can see this. These are mochi ice creams. So mochi comes from Japan. It is a uh, glutinous sweet rice that's pounded into a chewy dough. And there was a lot of Japanese people that went to Hawaii. And so mochi and mochi ice cream originated in Japan. But as people came to Hawaii, they mixed it with a lot more tropical flavors. So there is a mochi store over on Crown Street. It used to be just a mochi store. It is now part of Jake's Diggity Dog's hot dog stand. But they still have like 12 flavors of mochi. Now, these things are taking off. They're at Whole Foods. People are like waiting around the block for these things. But they've been around a long time. So you can get them uh, at Jake's Diggity Dogs on Crown Street and also a number of stores in New Haven. Some of the little gourmet grocery stores sell them. They're a little expensive, but they're a great little treat. Worth every bite. Worth every bite. So these are the passion fruit ones. They have a healing mango. So if you want to try it, it has a little <laughs> dusting of something special on top. And these what, are... What kind of dust? I don't know. <laughs> something... <laughs> yeah, we've got to be careful. Not that kind of dust. <laughs> just keep eating what I can eat right here. Yeah, I keep eating that. So let's try our mochi ice creams. Mm. So you have the chewy dough on the outside and the creamy ice cream on the inside. They're sort of about the size of like half of a golf ball kind of size. So I bet you it's a matter of time before they make those. With sorbet. Yeah, with vegan stuff. Mm-hmm. I bet you. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they already have some. I bet you. If I mm. This oh is God. so good. Yeah. This is this is um, exactly what I had tasted. I had the opportunity to work in Hawaii a few years ago. And this is what I was introduced to this. And I can have anything from mango, passion fruit to mm. the flavors were unbelievable. Green tea. I yeah. think we have the green tea. Yeah, the green tea is so good. Rachel, what do you think? I really like it. I usually am not a huge fan of the mochi because sometimes when you get it, it's really hard, the ice cream. Yeah. But I like it that it's a little melted. It has to be a little soft. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's delicious. Yeah. Great. So I could talk for days about ice cream. But if people <laughs> want to check out more about ice cream, go to the website, thetableunderground.com. Right on the front page is this huge ice cream post. There's 27 ice cream places. And I picked out like my 11 kind of favorite special spots. And it's everywhere from Fairfield up to Cheshire. But the concentration of them are New Haven and the surrounding towns. Did and you miss my Manchester spot? I did because it was a little too far, but that's why we're going to have you talk about it next in case people want to take a little trip. So, But yeah, the ice cream spots, some of them are right on the beach, some are on farms, and some are right in the middle of the city where you can like jump across the street to a museum or another great restaurant. So The best place to eat ice cream is in New England. Yeah. <laughs> I have eaten ice creams all over the world, but the feeling to be in New England having a nice ice cream cone, and the right setting, New England is the best place. I yeah. always say it. It's like going to France and you have a, you know, just do there in that place. You have a, you can have a wine from California or, or, or France and 
and it tastes better when you're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, it's just it's the, the environment. The, the, my, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I, you know. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> Summer, New England, ice cream. Yeah. Please try them all. Yeah. So, so the challenge with ice cream, most of the places have dairy and there's a lot of people who can't eat dairy. I did list on the sites which places have sorbets. Most places offer at least one, sometimes more. But Babs, I know you're a connoisseur of the dairy-free ice creams, and you went in in search of something special. So can you tell me what you found? Tell us about your summer food find. Okay, so y'all know I have the severe dairy allergy, so I can't ever have ice cream, butter, cheese, milk, whey, casein, lactic acid. So uh, I, I shop at Wave Gallery, which has vegan chocolates from Divine Treasures. And someone sent me a list of Connecticut um, vegan ice cream places. And on it was Divine Treasures. They're in Manchester. I have to drive up to Manchester, which is on the other side of Hartford. And they have a whole shop. So my squad and I took a road trip up to Manchester. It's about a 50-minute ride. We get there, and they have soft-serve vegan ice cream Mm. and chocolate-dipped cones and their own vegan um, caramel. And hot fudge. Mm. So, you know, I was in heaven because I never get to have soft serve ice cream right. at, at any point. So I had the swirl. They have a chocolate and they have a vanilla. So I had the swirl. Mm. <laughs> and it was so worth the trip. It yeah. was so worth the trip. So this morning I thought I'd run by uh, Wave and pick up uh, the vegan chocolates because they carry vegan chocolates. Yeah. And that's where I pop in there all the time. And so it was really nice to drive up. To divine trust and they're the nicest the nicest people and they they are european chocolate chocolatiers mm-hmm. so they craft this chocolate the same way that chocolate is crafted without um whey and butter and um dairy so mm-hmm. so it is worth it and and they do beautiful beautiful presentations so it's not it's not like just junk it's yeah. really well done lots to choose from a great many choices uh, to choose from. So I, I would invite anybody to take the road trip. And yeah. And most, go. most of the places I saw have like tofuti or they have a coconut based or a nut based mm. one, but it's a hard scoop. And because they're not made with dairy, they're not as creamy. They get like a little um, crumbly or icy or something. And so this, you, we have some pictures, they'll be up on the website, but it must have felt really special to have Soft serve. It, it, you know, it really was because I never get soft serve. Right. Now, I tell you, sometimes I'm at G's in Brantford. I'll eat mm-hmm. there and they'll have um, some vegan ice cream. And it's creamy. It's lovely. And it, it looks just like ice cream. Yeah. But you never get soft serve ice cream. Like like if you go to Dairy Queen or, you know, those little fun places you used to go when you were a kid. So, so it was really nice. And to get caramel. And hot fudge, mm. which I never get to get right. because it's so hard to what a find. Treat. So it was, it really was a treat, and they were so happy that I was there because I, <laughs> I just, I had a Sunday and I had a cone. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I was like, I'm never so going to come. It, right? It, it so made it, the trip it worth it. It made for the you. trip, and then I bought chocolates, and they, you know, they do all the chocolates. You know, they do um, chocolates that you would want. You yeah, know, um, cordials and um, you know all the fancy, pretty chocolates, all those kinds of things that. Um, those of us who have the severe allergy can't get. Right. So it's nice that Wave carries them, you know, yeah. on, the, on the bottom shelf. If you go to Wave, they carry them on the bottom, on nice. the bottom shelf of their. Chocolate. Did you want us to try some of those? Yes. Treats? Let me All open right. them. Cause We're you gonna know, open them up. I didn't want to, I didn't want to open them yet because you know, Wave is so known pretty. for this pretty little. So hold it up so we can see in this here. Can you see This it? pretty little box of chocolates. You got it. <laughs> you got it, Sam. 
So um, they are known for um, this pretty little packaging that they do. Nice. So look, there's Wave. So I tried to post on each of the ice cream posts on the site about who has vegan offerings or, or dairy-free offerings. And then, as you said, there are some great articles that I saw about non-dairy ice cream around the state where people have compiled a whole list. So we can we can post those up Good. there, too. So um, these two right here are the peppermint kind of patty kind of things. And then these are the cocoa coffee kind of things. So I don't know. What's your pleasure? So try something. Anything with coffee. Anything with coffee? <laughs> So this is the oh, yeah, is this one. the coffee? I'll try and that. And the other one is the peppermint one. The peppermint one. I just so want a little it. piece. Try anything. Try anything. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong. I'm telling you, they do such a really nice job. Mm, with this, it has a with crunch this. in it. The coffee one has a crunch. Mm, delicious. And I love peppermint patty. Like, I love, well, they call it peppermint patsy. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love this, you it's know. so good. Isn't it good? I can't believe it, yeah. Hmm? I can't believe they're vegan. You can't believe they're awesome. it. They're very good. Very, very good. Really yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Texture is primo. They seem like they know how to work with chocolate very well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they craft really, really good stuff. Yeah. This is awesome. So do you all have other favorite ice cream spots around that you hit up or favorite ice cream flavors when you go to get them? I like Mexican paletas. Paletas. Where do you buy your paletas? These are popsicles in really interesting flavors. I have them up on the list, too. I sent people <laughs> so to Gitza's uh, Bakery in East Haven it's, because they have a big cooler yeah. of paletas. But really? where do you get yours? Wow. Yeah, I used to get them from this family in New Jersey. They're, they're from Michoacan, Mexico, mm-hmm. where they was originated. Um, the, the franchise of that. Yeah. And um, it's all natural flavors. I used to have it in one of my restaurants, Taco, uh, Tacuba, um, Taco Bar. And I used to um, um, uh, hand it to the kids um, with no fear that... Um, that the parents will say no to them because it's all natural and those all fruit purees in it. You know, mm-hmm. it was awesome, awesome stuff. Um, and that's my favorite. It's, it's more, and also they do a lot of ice creams on like avocado right. with um, uh, quince. I don't know if you ever had that one. They had chamoy. With quince? Yeah. No. It's wow. awesome. They have these I love creative, avocado creative ice cream flavors. Though. It's amazing. It's, it's, I've never had that. Is um, a lot of chubs right now that, they're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of restaurants, they're doing, you know, avocado, everything. Yeah. It's right. That's so true. Free. It's such a popular thing. <laughs> yeah. And mm. we're, we're paying the price for them. Yeah. So on the on the list of the ice cream list, because I love paletas also, I love getting passion fruit and that sometimes peanut, avocado. And uh, I'm sending people out to East Haven, but it's really basically at the road that you get off to go to Lighthouse Point Beach. So it's barely exactly. out of New Haven. It's a great bakery. They have um, baked goods and also they have like rice and beans and chicken and they have a big cooler full of paletas. And uh, I'll also post there's a new Mexican ice cream book that was just published by a really great New York baker. Uh, and she has new, La New Yorkenia uh, ice cream paleta business yeah. and ice cream shop. And she just came out with this book called Mexican Ice Creams. Her name is Fanny Gearson. She's really awesome. So that just was released. So we'll post that as well. Yes, it's it's definitely a treat. Yeah, awesome. This is nice. I enjoyed this. Yeah, all these little treats. I didn't even know. I'm gonna make my. I'm gonna make a beeline of chips. I'm gonna run over the chip, chip in the bottle bottle to get your right over there. It's around the corner from where I work. So yeah, (laughs) wonderful. So, Rachel, we haven't heard from you very much because I get the sense you're not a big ice cream fan. (laughs) But you have been having an incredible summer. 
you've been going to conferences about uh, Native peoples around, and culture in Canada, in America, following food at powwows. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little, like, what is a powwow and what are you doing around food this summer? Sure. So a powwow is a gathering of Native American tribes. It's an intertribal gathering where people come together and they celebrate their culture and their traditions, kind of like a modern day holiday for Native Americans. And we have dance, we have singing, there are contests, dancers can win prizes, a lot of the monetary prizes, and some of them will travel all around the New England area. Um, For instance, Dartmouth has a high prize amount, so that might fund them to travel throughout the entire New England area Mm. just from getting a prize at Dartmouth or something like that at their powwow. Um, So the powwows are located at universities, they're located at tribal reservations, kind of scattered all all around New England and all around the country. So the biggest one is actually the Gathering of Nations out in New Mexico, which is a massive powwow. I've never been, but um, it's supposed to be amazing. And so what they have there is they also have traditional foods, and some of them are more modern, you know, integrating more modern flavors as well. And then some vendors stick to the more traditional route. And one of the things I've been researching the past few years and talking about um, with Tegan and other folks is Native American food in New England specifically. And it's become a passion of mine. Uh, there are very high rates of diabetes and obesity within tribes throughout this country um, and pretty much pretty much everywhere throughout the country, whether you're in a remote region, the, the epidemic is very high. It's just extreme. And a lot of it is due to our drastic change of diet that occurred from colonization. Basically, we were put on reservations and we were given this commodity food, flour, lard, things like that. Which were not part of the native diet at all. Right. The indigenous diet. Exactly. So we were given these things that were just so different from what we were used to eating, which were plants. You know, we had thousands of edible plants, uh, proteins that were, you know, really, you know, nutritious, such as venison and bison, which we now know, you know, those are healthier, leaner meats, things like that, that we were eating every day. And by basically being forced to eat these other things such as flour and lard and other, you know, other foods such as, you know, pigs, other things they were bringing in, it really interrupted our systems, like our, our health. It, um, and it still affects us to this day. Yeah. So. One, one huge example of that is fry bread, right? right? And like that, people think a lot of people now think about native American food and you think fry bread, but that was not traditionally food that native peoples were eating. How, how does that play out at powwows and with because people now sort of identify with that in the same way in, in like black Southern cooking, people identify with fried chicken and things that weren't kind of indigenous to what people were eating. Right. So, yeah, I was going to talk about that. So fry bread, it, you know, it's, its roots are obviously problematic and there's still some issues with it today because a lot of people, you know, that's what they started making from those commodity foods, with, from the flour and the lard. They started creating, you know, a dough that they could fry or they could bake. And it's cheap, it's easy, it sustained the people at the time when they had really nothing else. And some of them still have very little, some tribes. And so it became a Native American food and a symbol of, of Native American identity, which is why it's celebrated at powwows. A lot of vendors will sell fry bread at powwows. And Indian tacos are one of the you know most common things you'll get at a powwow. You'll get a piece of fry bread, um, which is basically, it looks like fried dough, although a little bit thicker and denser, um, <laughs> a little bit even more fattening, probably the fried dough. <laughs> but but you, you can do different sizes. Actually, here in New England, um, among my tribe, the Mohegan, we do tiny little dough boys. And you've probably seen them at some New England restaurants, something that kind of the Yankees have kind of 
you know, they appropriated it as Yankee cuisine, those little doughboys. Um, but basically, Indian taco has meat on it of some kind, or it can be vegetarian chili, tomato, lettuce, just like a regular taco, only it's put on a piece of fry bread. And basically, every powwow vendor, they have that. And, you know, I enjoy it. I don't eat it often. But it's one of those things you really do have to eat in moderation because just one standard piece of fry bread has about 700 calories. Whoa. And, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's delicious. I mean, I could barely eat, you know, half of one with a taco. But, oh, my God. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice treat. But there's been a lot of controversy, you know, amongst some of the chefs. There's a big food, food movement, a food sovereignty movement right now in Indian country of Native people returning to their traditional foods because of these epidemics. And so some folks are really trying to stick to the traditional foods. Um, not going to talk too much about the sous chef and all of them right now. Okay. But but um But people can check out the sous chef. They have a cookbook and and restaurant opening soon. So. Right, yeah. You, you can check that out in Minnesota. They're doing some great work with just st- um, strictly traditional foods. No gluten, um, no dairy. And oh, that, I could eat there. Yeah, and we didn't have um, those things in our traditional diets, which again accounts for that, you know, that health shift because you know, if you're going from not eating those things mm. to eating them all the time. Um, so what were some of the other things at the powers aside from fry bread? Like, tell us, describe. I want to I wanna hear what it's like to eat there. So we have a multitude of different things at the powers. There are um, you know, things I would grow up with would be something like, you know, just a venison burger or a buffalo burger. Because I was a kid, I would just kind of try random things. I remember trying an alligator burger one time. <laughs> but I think <laughs> as time has gone on, you know, some of the vendors have become more sophisticated. Some still do, you know, just burgers. And, you know, some even do just regular you know, festival food. Um, Sly Fox Den is pretty much the most well-known um, vendor, most popular vendor um, in this region. And Sherry Pocknett is a Mashpee Wampanoag tribal member. And she was raised by um, by her family who were all doing Native food. Her uncle actually owned a restaurant on the Cape called The Flume, which is, was a Native American restaurant, her uncle Earl mm. Mills. And he actually has a cookbook out. Um, I believe it's called Cape, Cape Cod Wampanoag Cooking. Um, and we can add that to the... Yeah, we'll put it up on the website, thetableunderground.com. So, so she's just amazing. She kind of calls it, I think she calls it modern, upscale indigenous cuisine, something like that. And she'll do, you know, she'll have the standard fry bread, but she has a three sisters rice, which is, um, you know, a wild rice mixed with some brown rice. And then um, the three sisters, which are, you know, our traditional plants that we would plant together, the corn beans and squash. Um, so she puts those together and that's good because it's vegetarian. A lot of people like that. Um, she also has. So hold a, on before you go on. It's three sisters is like really deep important thing it's in, what has sustained it, yeah. the native americans right and it's why you find at geronimo just to let you know too so oh yeah? yeah what do you have at geronimo's that's a three sisters Ma- um actually um just to kind of live i don't want to get into you know what but it's um we serve the three sisters um chile rellenos we we serve um shimayo sauces we try to be as authentic as we can um uh, uh south southwestern cuisine um mm. santa fe style so actually um we play in our second uh uh, or, uh, well, with me, the second, third um, uh, culinary tour to uh, mm. New Mexico uh, this coming September. So, you know, stay That's tuned great. to know more about it. But I'm very connecting with her about what she's saying, all that, all that stuff that, um, that um, all, the, all, the, all the food that um, has um, uh, created um, um, uh, health issues to, to a lot of, uh, right. uh, going against your, your nature, right? The, right? You know, but uh, I'm very, um, very um, 
um, excited about to hear what she's saying. To hear what she's talking and about. What, and yeah. what more I can, I can find out when I go and do my tour down there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm sure she has a ton of resources to pass on. I just want to explain that the Three Sisters, not only is it a food combination of corn, beans, and squash, but it's an agricultural practice that is the milpa, which is like the basis of Native American and Latin and South American agriculture. And it's brilliant because what it is is a corn plant a squash plant like zucchini or winter squash that grow low to the ground with giant leaves and then beans that are vining and grow up around the squash. And so it's not only is it physically integrated, like you have tall corn that the beans grow up and then you have the squash that covers the ground, but the squash keeps leaves, keep the weeds from growing. And I always forget, but one of the plants takes nitrogen from the soil and the other one fixes nitrogen in the soil. And so you have this incredibly sustainable growing practice that allows you to keep growing on the earth and not be depleting the soil from just one crop. It's and this the, integrated growing practice. And the spiritual meaning of that mm-hmm. is so is so unique, you know, because it's all sustainable in itself. Mm-hmm. And and the Native Americans knew that That's right. by osmosis. Not the, but now the science tells you it was the perfect, um, perfect uh, uh, sustainability to, to the whole tribes and all that. Yeah, and it's like manifesting that idea of balance exactly. and like giving I, back however absolutely. much you take in the most nuanced ways of growing and eating. And we still have so much to learn about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to go back <laughs> to the to the true history. So, is there anything else special about powwows that we should know? Like, what's what's happening? I think there's a few happening this summer, right? Right. So we're actually right in the kind of the midst of powwow season right now. This weekend, there will be August meeting um, at the the Narragansett Church, which is the oldest, actually the oldest church in this country. Mm. And that's over in Kingstown, Rhode Island. And I'll probably be there for a little bit myself. And they're going to have Sherry Pocknett's daughter actually has a catering business as well. Her name's Jade Pocknett. So she serves very similar food to Sherry, more of the, you know, um, kind of more upscale and more traditional things. Um, Some of the other things they have just to mention a few are smoked bluefish, smoked mussels, amazing mm. smoked salmon salad with a homemade cranberry vinaigrette, um, which I know they've talked about bottling, but um, might have run into some trouble with that so far. And they have a sassafras tea, traditional medicinal, you know, blood purifier for us here in New England, which you can get sassafras um, around here in a lot of places. And a few other vendors do the sassafras tea too, as well as um, strawberry drink, which is another kind of local specialty. So the August meeting is this weekend, and then the following weekend is actually the Mohegan Powwow, so that's my tribe, and we call it the Wigwam Festival or the Green Corn Festival. Um, Wigwoman is welcome in Mohegan, so that's where the wigwam comes from, and then Green Corn is one of our traditional Thanksgiving celebrations um, because traditionally we would celebrate, you know, the gift of the harvest every month. So um, so we call it the Green Corn Festival um, for the gift of the corn, and they build a brush arbor for that one. So what's, that would, a, what's a brush arbor? Um, it's just a kind of a structure, right? I don't, I don't know if you want to explain it better, but you've probably seen it too. Um, but it's a structure that's kind of, kind of like a, a sukkah. Okay, uh, like a Jewish sukkah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So, yes. well, Jewish native mashups going that's, on. That's yes, power to yeah. mashups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's like a harvest shelter, right? Yeah, made, made of different uh, grasses and and natural materials exactly okay. exactly so yeah they start or, working organic. on that um, organic. organic yeah they start working on that this week um our tribe actually has something called culture week before our powwow which is 
only tribal members and we do cultural activities all week and then the final day is the building of the brush arbor nice. um so when is that taking place? that is the next weekend so this weekend is narragansett next weekend is mohegan the 19th and the 20th okay and that will be in uncasville connecticut at fort shantock and the so following we'll, we'll put all these dates up so on the website people can find them okay there. yes and then the following weekend is the mashantucket pequot and then one of the last ones of the summer is the shinnecock powwow which isn't technically in New England, but it's Long Island, and we're very close relatives to the Shinnecock because there's a lot of exchange. Um, you know, they're they're right right Across over the water, the water, the water. <laughs> yeah. So um, they have a similar language of as us and everything like that. And um, their powwow is actually the biggest in the region. So they they bring in people from Europe that come as tourists. It's just wow. tons of people come, um, and they have a lot more food vendors there. And I um, have tried some of the foods. They have a lot more of a mix of things. They'll even have some of the, you know, indigenous Mexican vendors and things like that. Mm. Um, so it's pretty interesting mix that they have over there. Any, oyster, any oysters? Um, there are definitely, there's more clams, it seems, at the powwows than oysters. I, the, actually, the funny thing is at Shinnecock, they had these huge quags <laughs> that were raw that I had, and they were they were good, but it was hot outside. Usually the I'm a big fan of, <laughs> of raw, raw clams, but sometimes when it's hot. Um, but yeah, they all have clams, and there's, there's a really good fried clam vendor as well. Um, I'll have to check the name on that one, but um, oysters don't seem to be as common at the powwow. Although native people do, you know, cook them a lot, you know, traditionally um, at home and things like that. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing this. It's I think people don't understand how much native peoples are alive and well in New England and beyond. And, you know, there are challenges around health issues, but that people are really preserving culture and trying to share it and, and grow back the things that have been harmed. So I'm, you're I'm really grateful that you're here and sharing about it. So you're listening to WNHH 103.5 FM in New Haven. This is the Table Underground, and we have our first ever food squad. Yay! (laughs) So we've gone around three of the four of us, and we got to hit up our last person at the table. And he has some wonderful things to share. So, Mr. Franco. Who I've been a fan of for many, many years. Oh, my goodness. Amazing, talented chef. And also a father to two girls. Yes. My life, my love, and my purpose. Yeah. So you're going to share with us some places you take your girls to go eat. Yeah? They love food, those kids. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. So tell us, where, where do you take them? Well, um, you know, I, I had um, created this, um, this connection with them for breakfast because being in the restaurant, I try to just try to spend my time with them as I can. And uh, we had, you know, our favorite ones now, you know, and Shoreline, we, we can start with uh, Hen and Hafer. Mm-hmm. You know, I found um, um, uh, such a quality, such a f- um, uh, nice little put together pastry, uh, uh, Parisian style pastry shop, but it has a little bit of everything. One of my favorite things and my daughter's favorite thing is the cauliflower truffle quiche. Say that again. The cauliflower, cauliflower. Truffle, truffle quiche. Wow. So this is a super fancy French. Not the space is not so fancy. It's kind of it's, relaxed, it's, but the ex- the food is super fancy French pastry, and so, it's in Guilford. It's this little shop. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, such great. a talented chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wong is phenomenal. Always puts the best quality out there. Yeah, and, it's exceptional. And he does uh, limited limited uh, portions of everything, so mm-hmm. so you just want to go back for more. Is to this phenomenal, croissants. and when they're out, it's out. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's is 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 um be, it's becoming one of my favorite ones, and my yeah. kids especially. Can we go for a quiche? Yeah, so you like the quiche? What else do you like there? The macarons, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. They um they have they made their own yogurt. Mm. The morning is just you know they 
awesome yogurt with granola and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all homemade, perfectly balanced. The whole you know creaminess is just so good. I just crave it. Their, mm. their, 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 their yours all the time. But um, he does amazing cakes. You you, you want to impress someone with a cake, or you don't want your <laughs> your loved ones to make any dessert. Just go and get a cake there. Yeah, I've done that before. It's, yeah. it's awesome. It's, it's very, very fine French food. It is expensive because that kind of food, like the ingredients and the time it takes to craft that, is it, a lot. But it's if you need if you want something really special, that is a great yourself. place to go. Yeah, definitely, it's just you treat everyone because you love them, right? <laughs> I stumbled upon that place when I was in Guilford one day and I had the cauliflower quiche. I, it was just so amazing. I had it. I think I bought a couple. So I had it for lunch the whole week. And it was like, everyone's looking at me like, oh my God, what is that magnificent quiche? It's what you speak. <laughs> it was just so beautiful. The, you know, you go to yeah. Paris, France, you say exactly what you'll have. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. This, this, you can tell, uh, uh, you know, the chef there does, does, does it because he loves it. Yeah. The passion That's, comes through. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And you know, uh, we have others, other uh, favorite ones, you know, like more casual ones. Um, uh, Gisen in Bramford. Mm-hmm. Love the avocado toast with poached eggs. <laughs> I just I just have it every time I go there. Mm-hmm. I, I love that too. place. Love and, it. And they yeah, he better. this is he designed that space. I know. He used to have a restaurant I there. I know, Suburban, right? Mm-hmm. It was Suburban. Yeah. No, and it's, he and it's, his wife. Um, yeah, they, 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 they're doing a phenomenal job there. But um, and, and another one that I also, my favorite became my kids, um, The Stand in Bramford. Oh, yeah. They do phenomenal. Do you guys know about this place called The Stand? No. Place. It's a barbecue place. They took over a garage, like an old mobile gas yeah. station. It's on uh, like Indian Neck Road, I think. Yeah, or, yeah. Across uh, from Laney. Like on yeah. like the Marsh area, kind of on a little street in wow. Bramford. I haven't been over there in a while. And it's so... a really good barbecue okay. joint. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I just got sold the first day I tasted that barbecue. What'd you like there? Everything. The brunch, they do a great brunch. The scones, this yeah. awesome for you know. He's talking about scones at a barbecue place. But, but <laughs> this, is, this is what I want to say. They yeah. do this this uh, breakfast with barbecue on top. Ah, um, okay. Brisket on top, and the, with yeah, their with the brisket gravy. is oh, so good. good. And, oh my goodness! And they have great stuff. They the egg sandwich in the morning. They have this little cart. There's the you know they do that that produce a lot of that um uh, egg sandwich in the morning. Yeah. And oh, and they, they're involved with the, with the community. They do their own. Um, with the farms, the farms, um, they come and bring the stuff in their corn. Absolutely, you know, yeah, do phenomenal stuff. You know, and they're not. It's not just like barbecue and mac and cheese, and they have like a lot of vegetable dishes and like really fresh things that go with it. So you can get to table, your meat, as, and then yeah, get all yeah. these other sides, and you get it on a little tray. So you get like a little metal small cookie sheet, and then you kind of pick your different items, and they they serve it up for you. Perfect for families, and just crave some good barbecue. Okay. You know, it's it's phenomenal. All right. Yeah, All right. I'm gonna point yeah. my car in that direction with my squad. Yeah, and, and, it's fun. And you drive in like late. You know, most times they have actually they have bands all the time. They have oh. really good bands over there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just a good place to hang on the shoreline. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, by all means, you know. And, yeah. And so you got your shoreline spots, and yeah. you got your New Haven spots. So <laughs> I know. Because we got a lot of New Haven people listening. So tell us about. <laughs> I think you got a taco place that you love, right? I love uh, Juancho's guacamoles. Uh, he's open. Um, he's been doing his cart in uh, out of um, Grand Avenue. Okay. Uh, he sells semitas. It's uh, Mexican sandwiches. They're huge. Huge sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> it's so good though. And but he started his taqueria here in um, in Kimberly Avenue, eighty four Kimberly. Oh. And and he, and it's near like Kimberly Ave near the Boulevard. I yeah, think, right, right there. So this is right near ninety five. So if people okay. are like getting off ninety five, because I to go come... to Kevin Seafish Seafood over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's right, right, right next door. 
Oh, is it? Oh, I'll be right there then. Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, um, my kids got addicted to tacos with me. So we're trying to find tacos when when we go to New York or here in New Haven. Yeah. So I took them there and um, they loved it. They're like, you know what? This is as good as you make them. <laughs> she said, well, have you taken them to Mexico? And have I took, they got? I took them when they were kids in Tijuana, which is mm-hmm. where I'm from. And Tijuana became not like in every one, one of the um, food magazines um, named like the best tacos in Mexico. Because we have really? so many different um, influences in Tijuana. Mm. And um, it's worth having a culinary taco tour down there where everyone across the border is not just, you know, Tequila, stuff mm-hmm. still. <laughs> but um, they they um, they always ask me, you know, I need tacos, so we try to find a taco. Yeah. So, so tell us the name. What's the name of this restaurant? Juancho. Juancho. Guacamoles. 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 Like guacamole. Okay. 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 So if you find Kevin's, you'll probably find them if they're yeah. next door. We'll we'll put we'll post it he's, up. She's on the website. He's as such well. a talented chef. He used to run Ibiza's restaurant. Oh really? Oh he okay. Do his own thing. Nice. Uh-huh. He did the uh, Ibiza tapas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And uh, he's just such a great chef person. He always doing something, and he blows me away with his tacos. That's great. So he what? Has, what's so special has, about his tacos? Well, he has two tacos that I I crave. Tell us. <laughs> Tell us. All this is time. this is why we're All here. All the time. Mm-hmm. Dish. Al pastor. <laughs> Al pastor. Okay. He does it the right way with the shawarma. You know that the where you the cook, roasted yeah, meat yeah, shawarma yeah, that yeah, you shave yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um. And the tacos arabes, which means um, Arabian tacos. Okay. What we Mexicans baptize that with, because it's nice, it's not, it, it's uh, because it's made with flour tortilla. Okay. And the flour was brought by the Spaniards, but mainly mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, tacos, flour tortilla tacos, they were more um, predominant in the northern Mexico because no corn through the desert of Sonora. So they brought flour up. And that's mm-hmm. what, in, you know, end up in New Mexico and Arizona, all that stuff. Um, the influence of the Spaniards, but um, it's basically a marinated beef that is uh, has vinegar, onions, garlic, oregano, chilies, and it's uh, marinated for like twelve hours, mm-hmm. and um, and it's rolling these thin flour tortillas. Mm. Just roll them and just a nice green sauce on top. They're phenomenal. Mm. Nice. Every bite is is is. is Let's see. Where am I going for lunch today? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but does uh, it, does, do your food cravings like lead you to where you're going? Like, oh I, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I like wake up in the morning. I'm like, what do I want to eat today? Yes. Oh, it'll tell me. It'll tell me. I'm like, oh, I, I, I think fish more or... than ever, people want to have experience. Um, yeah. Uh, and and everything they do, but food is one of the most um, uh, in front of you because you get hungry. Yeah. And said, what would I go and where my money will go so I can have an experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we think twice. Should I have Indian? Should I have Mexican? Mm-hmm. Should, but it's based on your budget, you know? And, of course. And that is, is definitely uh, people have found with the food truck, uh, talk of tra- uh, trucks and taco little places or little um, kioscos here and there that they can definitely uh, uh, keep their budgets, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know and, and, and target. Right. And having an awesome phenomenal um launches or dinners you know yeah yeah and yeah. And, and 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 that that helps everyone that's right i because, think you're right Cause because i think you save your you save the expensive experiences for for something special for maybe something special or maybe because you just have more time to so, sort of sit and enjoy or someone buys your dinner yeah somebody- <laughs> <laughs> same for my birthday yeah i'm always on a tight budget i mean i'm working mom but yeah 
I'm coming. I'm coming yeah, over you know, there. so that spot is one of my favorite places to sit in New Haven is over at the marina at the end of Howard Avenue. Well, that used to be which my is neighborhood. Right in fr- really? I used, to live in, I used to live in that neighborhood. When it What's was, your point? And yeah. it was yeah. uh, Sage and it was... Now it's Shell and Bones. Now it's Shell and Bones. so many other things and now it's yeah. Shell and Bones. And I haven't been over there, but I have friends who have gone and raised but there's about benches. it. There's benches on, oh, the, yeah. on the docks. There's a little beach that nobody really uses. It's mm. a little, you know, the boats are there, but it's a great place to sit. So if you don't oh, yeah. eat at the restaurant, you can take, take it out and then you, ha- you do have this whole experience like take a break from the city and just look at the water for yeah. a minute. It's very yeah. special corner. It's so so oh, much I, history in oyster oh, I, beddings and, yes. and production of, uh, you know, I, It would still there. be my neighborhood if they would have let me build out my house. But mm. <laughs> I had one of those historical houses and they wouldn't let you build out. And, Come on, you know people. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. No, Apparently it's, not it's, enough. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful It is setting. beautiful. It yeah. Is beautiful city. If yeah. you've ever been there, you'll you, you love it. Yeah. That's great. It's well, the taco place sounds wonderful. And I love when people who have worked in fancy food restaurants sort of go back to their roots and do everyday food because they do it with such care. It's not mm-hmm. just like sloppily put together. They're, they're really creating it with like the flavors and the ingredients and it sounds really special. No, it is. And you know, and, and, and you can tell when, when, when the person is doing it, whether it's the chef owner or, or is the, um, the, the cook itself that cares what he's putting out. Mm-hmm. And, I, I can mention that with Bella's breakfast places. Mm-hmm. She does phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. I go and see, see her once in a while with my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's another great place. Absolutely. I Absolutely. can't eat there either, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I has, love it. She has plenty of stuff. She, she has lots dad, of good one, stuff. One of my dad is vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, and she always finds something. And, you know, they do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, and they always have a line out the door. Is is uh, New Haven has so much uh, wealth. So much good of, food. Wealth yeah. of, of food. Um uh, good food. Yeah, you could eat people. around the world in this town. Absolutely. I mean, you could eat all around the world without even blinking an eye. It's you true. could have you could have uh, um, Jamaican vegan cuisine for yeah, lunch. Well, we're gonna all go hunting for all you kinds of have good food. Italian food it. for dinner. Yeah. So one of the things that I really want to encourage people to do is the kind of wandering that we all do. And so I just dropped on the table here these pepinos locos, which are crazy cucumbers. And they made them a little different than usual this time. They usually look a little prettier, but I'll post a picture of the pretty version. But we're going to taste these. And the reason I brought these is because these are at the same ice cream shop where I got the mango nada. They also have Hershey's ice cream and milkshakes and other kinds of stuff. Um, but I want to encourage people to try something. You it's see so something aromatic. on the menu and you're like, what is that? Give it a try. Or you go to one shop and then you just give yourself a minute to walk down the block and, and go into some stores. And that's how I find like amazing, exciting things. So let's take a bite and then we're going to sign off. And, and, uh, all right, where do we, how do we, start? how do we do this? You tell I don't us, know, just take pick it. up a just piece, pick up one, pick yeah, up a piece. So we have some that. cucumbers with chili here. Take a bite. It's so <laughs> aromatic. Okay, it's what cucumber with chili and it has some roasted what peanuts. What are these? Oh, okay. They're roasted oh, peanuts. Wow. And there's chili sauce and the chamoya sauce, which is the fermented plum sauce. Oh, Lord. And there's also jicama, <laughs> which is a very watery um, uh, root vegetable. That's there is a of, lot going on. There is a lot going on. It's so up. this is what you'll find when you go adventuring. You want some of this, Harry? Come get you some of this goodness. So, thank you for listening to our first food squad ever on the Table Underground. I'm your host, Tegan Engel, and we'll check you next time. You don't know what you're missing. Oh, this is good. <laughs> Hi, so good. Mm. You guys are awesome. It's awesome. 
To see photos, find links, and more info, including 2018 powwow dates, go to thetableunderground.com or check us on social media. You can find more episodes on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tegan Engel, and this is The Table Underground. You're listening to WNHH 103.5 FM, Community Radio.